Smart goals are ruining your life. Okay, maybe that's a bit dramatic, but it seems like every single goal setting podcast or video gives the exact same advice. Hey, you should set a smart goal. A smart goal? Yeah, yeah, it's like a regular goal, but it got really good grades. Oh, okay. Did you set one yet? No. Why haven't you set one yet? You just told me about it. I'm, I've been sitting right here the whole time. Ugh. One of the biggest problems with SMART goals is that it doesn't consider context or your specific situation. They also rely pretty exclusively on your own willpower. Luckily, a 2015 study by Dr. Gail Matthews might have found a better approach. One that, at least in the study, led to a 76% chance of success. 76%, that's actually wild. I'm calling it the Matthews Method, and we're gonna talk about it in today's episode. But before that, let's take a quick refresher on what a SMART goal even is. The S is for specific. Your goal needs to be something tangible and specific enough that you can actually explain it to another person, measurable. Your goal needs to be something that you can turn into some kind of metric to keep track of whether or not you've succeeded at the goal. The A is for actionable. It needs to be something that helps you break it down into specific action steps that you can take to move towards the goal. The R is for realistic. It should be something that is actually possible, something that you could theoretically achieve. And the T is for timed. You want to attach a time limit to the goal to help drive action towards it. So those are the requirements for a SMART goal. But what you didn't hear about is any reference to how difficult the goal might be for you specifically to pursue. If you have a goal to eat healthier, you might set a SMART goal that sounds something like this. I wanna eat two servings of vegetables each day for the next 30 days. Now that goal qualifies as a SMART goal and most would actually say it's a great goal to set. But what if you live in a food desert? And for those of you listening, I'm eating a cucumber right now. This probably sounds super weird if you don't have the visual. So just so you know. So a food desert is really any area where it's difficult to find fresh fruits and vegetables. And no vegetables kind of makes us sad. How are you gonna eat two servings of vegetables per day if you can't buy any vegetables? Now, you might look at the realistic part of the SMART goal and say something like, But Greg, if they live in a food desert, then it's not a SMART goal. This isn't realistic for them. But that's where it gets messy because it technically is realistic. It's just difficult. The person who sets this specific goal, they're able to travel to another area in order to get fresh fruits and vegetables. It's possible for them to do that. In fact, depending on where they live, they might even be able to stop on the way home instead of waiting till they get back to their neighborhood. The goal is realistic. It's a perfect example of a SMART goal. But when you actually take it and put it into the context of a specific individual's life, there is a very high likelihood that they're going to fail at that goal. Because when you have a goal that doesn't consider the level of difficulty for the individual, and it relies almost entirely on a person's internal motivation to get it done, you're basically guaranteeing that at some point, that person is gonna fail. It's like if I were to set a SMART goal to run three days per week for three months. Now, it's a good goal. It's a SMART goal, it follows the structure, and it's realistic. A lot of people have done that type of thing before, but there is a problem. It doesn't actually consider that I have a specific condition that causes me to break out into a migraine 
when I run sometimes. So at some point in the next three months, as I pursue that goal that is realistic, I'm gonna run face first into a migraine that knocks me out for 48 hours and likely leads to me failing at the goal. So back in 2004, Dr. Gail Matthews read an article in Fast Company. It was discussing a 1953 study from Yale University on goal setting. The study found that people who write down specific goals for their future were far more likely to be successful than those who didn't. And this study was picked up everywhere. Everyone was talking about it. In fact, it went on to influence the work of many self-help coaches and gurus, some of which you might know the names of. But there was one huge problem. The study didn't exist. The article that Dr. Matthews read in Fast Company was debunking the study as, quote, little more than an urban legend. But 11 years later, Dr. Matthews would share the findings of her own study, one that did actually happen, and it actually reinforced a lot of what was in that original Yale study. Dr. Matthews recruited 267 people for the study, and they were broken up into five groups. Each group required increased amounts of effort around how they actually set goals, ranging from in group one, just think about it, all the way to group five, where they had to think about it, write it down, identify specific actions that they could take, share those actions with a friend, and then meet with that friend once a week. Members of group five had a greater than 70% chance to make significant progress towards or succeed at their goals. Compare that to group one, which had just a 35% chance. I am absolutely floored by this number. So here's the process that I'm calling the Matthews method. Step one, write down a goal you'd like to accomplish. You can use a smart goal here if you'd really like to, or you can truly just think about it. Write down whatever goal makes sense for you. Step two, spend a decent amount of time considering how difficult this goal might be given your current situation. Step three, break the goal down into individual actions that you can take and commit to. The commit to part is important here. We want to make sure that we are committed to taking action. Step four, share the goal and the actions you've committed to with a trusted person. This could be a friend, a family member, or just someone in a group that supports you. But find someone, a single person to share these things with. So this approach actually solves two of the biggest issues with SMART goals that we identified earlier. Number one, it makes it so that you consider the difficulty of the task before pursuing it, uh, which is just gonna increase the likelihood that you actually complete it. And number two, it utilizes social pressure to help you actually take action rather than just internal motivation. And apparently it works really well. So give it a shot. Let me know what you think in the comments below. And if you're looking for something else to watch or listen to, check out episode 879, where I tell you why you will never get motivated and most importantly, what you can do about it. And with that said, my name is Greg Clunas. And remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day.